Broadcasting directly from our studios in sunny Orlando, Florida, you are listening to Faith Unregulated. We are your hosts, Javi and Jessica Madrigal, and on this podcast, we discuss the hard topics around having bold faith, building strong character, and taking fearless action. So grab a cup of coffee and join the conversation. In this week's episode, we're talking about the fog of spiritual warfare the unseen battles of the Christian journey. We're grounding ourselves in scripture to navigate the struggles of modern Christian life. But before we get going, I want to just say, if you're feeling inspired by our podcast and would like to contribute to our mission of spreading God's word, we invite you to visit our Patreon page. Every bit of your support makes a difference and you could become part of our community with a monthly subscription as little as $1. Your generous support is truly valued and deeply appreciated. Thank you for partnering with us on this journey of faith. Absolutely. And that's something new that we're doing. And you guys, we just cannot wait to connect with you over there. Um, Let's bring up our verse for this week as well. This is Isaiah 43, 18 through 19. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Ooh, that sounds like I got some authority. You know what I'm saying? Right. You know, <laughs> you know, when you think of spiritual warfare, you can't help but to think of a, a warrior, right? We're in this spiritual fight. These are spiritual warriors fighting a spiritual war. Our enemy, like the, like our scripture says in John 10, 10, our enemy is relentless, seeking to steal, kill, and destroy. As we look at this week's cover art, our warrior is leaning against a solid rock, shielding his back from the enemy. His eyes are lifted up to heaven. I can't help but to think about the, you know, those those inner battles that we go through, the ones that no one else sees. And what this reminds me of, look, uh, when we think of, again, spiritual warfare and and the battles that we go on in life that, that happen to us, mm-hmm. um, we, 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 people talk about the storm, right? Mm-hmm. The storm is what? Rain, wind, maybe lightning. Mm-hmm. when we're when we're picturing a storm well those are the obvious things but what are the not so obvious things yeah the private is, wars is that subtle mm-hmm. fog that seems to just seep into our life and cloud us of mm-hmm. really what's going on around us last week we we talked about we talked about you know getting our our, our head above it all, right? Right. <laughs> kind of getting our heads yes. out of the clouds, so to yeah, speak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and really, the clouds aren't aren't above our head; they're right. In front I love of us. that you say that. That is so good because the clouds and people go get your head out of the clouds. Like you know, they make fun of people who are dreamers or whatever. But actually, I think people don't realize that that our heads are all in the clouds when we're wandering around this earth, lost in the fog that the enemy wants us in. That's the cloud we don't want to be in. That's such a great. <laughs> that's such a great point you make. Um, you know, the thing is, is we're not supposed to just muddle through. You know, when you. Um, first came to me with the, some of this that you were, when you were putting this study, study together, it, it's kind of funny. I didn't mention it at the time, but it, it reminded me of uh, the newer version of Mary Poppins. 
where the there's a whole song about being stuck in the fog. Yeah. Remember? Yep, and yep. it's the it's the um the chim the lamplighters um dance. And and af right after that, she's walking the children back home and she's kind of letting them lead. And they're lost in the fog, literally, but figuratively, this is a lesson song about how they're lost in the fog because they're so focused on the way that they have let down their dad and that their mom's passed and that, that they let down her with the dish they were trying to get fixed and all these things they're really get, getting down on themselves about. And they, in the, in the film, really get lost in an actual fog. Now it's London, the London fog and all of this, but it's such a lesson at the end. She's like, you can find your way out right? With community and with optimism and positive thinking and all of that. Now I realize it's a movie and that they're talking about positive thinking, but in, in real life, we do, we get totally lost in a circle of just wandering around, muddling through this fog. And that's so much more powerfully deceiving than the, than the lightning and the thunder and all this stuff. We're like, oh, I'm going to avoid that. That's obvious. I see what's going on, but we don't see, literally see what's going on when we're lost in a fog of deception. So it's it's such a great picture to me when I just thought of that immediately and that that lesson of you can come out of that, but you have to know you're in it and you have to understand why you're in it and you have to want to not be in it. Well, ex exactly. So you're you're pointing out some of the obvious things, right? Mm -hmm. They're talking about you're you're illustrating the the obvious things that happen in these kids' life. Yeah. They lost their mom. There's disappointment. They mm -hmm. did something mischievous right. and disappointed uh someone they're about to um lose their house all all these stressors yeah. yeah those are the that's the rain that's the wind that is pressing up against you maybe even the the lightning that kind of shocks you yeah you know maybe you know you're you're going through this season of illness uh, a season of financial difficulty mm-hmm you know, maybe your relationship, you're, you're having some relationship issues in your marriage and your right. friendships, maybe even at work. Those are the obvious things, right? But where, where, what are the not so obvious things? Those, those private those, things, those yeah. private things are the wounds that you're taking on mm -hmm. yourself and not really addressing the, that, the, the, the pain, you know, yesterday, we um at church our pastor brought up these that uh, that similar thing I, we were having a discussion on the way home with our kids you know we love to engage our kids especially after church to make sure that you know are they are they are they engaging, paying attention <laughs> right yeah. what are they but really is how's the holy spirit uh, speaking to them and we started talking about the wounds that we take on in life yeah, the pain, the disappointments, the even the tragedies or the traumas that happen in our lives and where we have to navigate through that. So when we lose a loved one, that's pain. Mm -hmm. When we're going through some financial problems, that's pain. We're, we're taking on guilt. The enemy loves to throw that guilt. Shame. Us, right. Cut us with with, you know, self, the things of you know, against our self-image, maybe the things Identity. that we've said, mm -hmm. maybe the, he throws in some bitterness. And when we, when we start holding on to bitterness, we start holding on to anger. We start holding on to depression. 
that's when we're actually ignoring putting that disaffectant on that wound and we're letting it fester and start. So it starts to become infected. And then if we continue to ignore taking care of that injury, what happens? It spreads throughout the body. This is the same in our spirit. It can spread to other factors factors of our life. Pretty soon you're isolating yourself and you're not having contact with people, or maybe you're lashing out in anger. Those are the, that's the subtle fog. Mm -hmm. And the challenge that was put to us yesterday, I really love how his message really spoke to me. And when I knew I was going to talk about this today is when we, when we don't address those wounds Mm -hmm. and how do we do that? We do that through God. We do that by being real and honest with ourselves. Okay. We have to be honest with ourselves and we have to be honest with God. God knows it all, but he wants us to bring those things to him, Mm -hmm. even in the midst of the storm. But why does he want us to bring it to him when we just said he knows it all? Why? We've talked about this at length. If you've ever listened to any of our podcasts, it always comes back to relationship. God wants the relationship. He wants our participation. If you are ever in your word at any length, if you've ever sat in prayer for any length of time, if you've gotten to know God at all, you've started to understand that the most important thing about our interaction is the closeness of our covenant, our relationship with him. That is what, and the, and the, and the posture of our heart when it relates to that relationship, that's almost more important than anything to him because that secures, that covenant secures, right? Our eternity, it secures our walk and our um, the great commission here on earth, the kingdom work that we're called to do, that covenant with him is what secures everything that he has set forth the calling on your life. And all the things that are distracting from that are less important, right? So we'll, we'll get more into that today, but I just wanted to point out, remember that relationship is, uh, is of the utmost importance. And so when we have all these private wars, um, you know, the first thing we need to think about is to be strong. But what are we being strong with in our own will? Right. No, we're not. We're being strong with God's strength because there's only one way for us to navigate these wars and to, to have victory. And in the victory we already have is to walk into that with what God's strength, right? God's word. It calls us to, to strengthen ourselves with him. Right. right? Mm-hmm. It, he's really calling us to gear up, gear up for that fight. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We, we, we have to look, we're fighting against what an unseen spirit, those, those things that the enemy throws at us, it's an unseen enemy. And, and so when we think about, you know, all the bad stuff, you know, have you ever had a time in your life where so many things are just, it's just not sitting right. It's, it's yeah. you just can't put your finger on it. Right. 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 And when I go back to the, the, the cover art, okay. That warrior his, his, his stance is someone that is standing on that rock. Mm-hmm. He's relying on the rock of Christ, rock right. of God, and it, to, to cut, not only cover his back, but set his foundation in. Right. 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 La- this last series that we have went through when we we're talking about 
anchors, okay? We anchor ourselves to the world. When we anchor ourselves to the world, it, 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 the, you saw that those images it's of, pretty tumultuous. of them walking through sand and yeah. unstable ground. Mm -hmm. But when we anchor ourselves to the things of God in this battle, we are standing on so a solid rock. Right, right. right. So and that's what it means to really be strong. And 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 so let's kind of dive deeper into that. What when we're talking about being strong, we need to resist the devil's cunning strategies. And I think this is a place where people get really confused and intimidated, and rightfully so. I'm not saying you shouldn't be <laughs> if you're not sure how to do this. It's can it can be really intimidating. You're like, okay, I'm supposed to resist the devil. <laughs> you know, how do I do that? And so today that's why we want to talk about this stuff. These are the hard conversations, right? This bold faith that we have, this victory that we walk in already by the blood of Jesus. Um, you know. We need to resist the devil's cunning strategies, and but we need to understand um, a little bit about what that looks like first. Um, you know, we see that fog in our day-to-day -day lives. It can be subtle, but really profound. Um, the fog can be deceiving with lies, um, misguided information. This can be, uh, it, 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 this whole stuff, things, things send you down the wrong path. That's the thing. We've talked in, at length before about where you're pointing your ship. So like, if you're at the helm of a ship, Everybody that's been on a boat before knows you turn that helm just a little bit and you end up in a very, very different place. I mean, you're completely different direction just by adjusting a little bit. And that's the tool of the enemy most of the time. This deception is the, is this, this little shifts. We're just going to send you down this little shift. Did God really say that? You can do a little bit of this over here and a little bit of that. You could feel a little bit this way. You could just not accept his his grace today and just do this on your own will. You could just feel like that was your fault and you need to fix it. You know, just like little lies that he misguided information that it can lead to confusion and and all these things. But um look, remember we're talking about this subtle fog, right? Is the subtleness of the enemy's attack. It's it's not always the obvious thing that not only you can see, but everyone else can see. Right. Okay. It's those private wars. What what what's going on with the things that you're saying to yourself or the discussions that you're having with your spouse? behind closed doors okay and what what's happening there what what are you are you glorifying god or are you allowing those lies from the enemy to seep in to your relationship to the way you see things mm -hmm. you know i went through a period of time just to be completely transparent and honest i went through a time where i was working this job that was very stressful supervisors you know just they they were terrible okay mm -hmm. just and it created a very toxic work environment yeah okay there was no sugar coating it everybody knew it nobody was happy that was the obvious thing right right, right. but the things i was telling myself behind closed doors didn't help the situation at all. It, I, I told myself in some days, okay, that was all my fault. I'm a failure. I can't do this, all this stuff. But then I started telling myself, the enemy started telling me, 
well, everybody else sees your mistakes. You know, everybody else sees something in you that isn't you're you're they see that you're a fake you're a phony all all these things and people were talking i you know people are talking about you right and yes and remember i remember that? this yeah. i remember this because i remember what happened was um i don't want to steal your thunder with your story but you're talking about when you started it moved from you're a failure oh by the way he's the enemy says you know people are talking about your failures right or this or that talking bad about you and it moved into him creating scenarios for javi the enemy creating these scenarios where everybody at work was against him Right. I mean, flat out, you got to a point where he would walk into work and just feel like he was the the target for every conversation. Is this reality? Is that really what's happening? Right. And so when I when because it, it, there was no doubt it was a toxic environment, toxic people. OK, but the thing is, is when I left, I had this discussion with someone. As I'm leaving. And they were pointing out, look at what you did here. You did this. You set up these structures and these systems that this company is now able to move forward and, and work through. Without these systems, we, that would have cost us thousands and thousands of dollars. What about this? What about these other things that you set up? You did, And they were just going on and on yes. about all the things I had done. And they're like, man, I'm sorry to see you leave. I'm sorry and to see how you're, you know, that you're having to leave um, because of the way, you know, because of the situation. But that wasn't just one conversation. Right. What happened was, is he comes home and tells me he had a conversation with more than half the people there. Oh, you're leaving. Oh, we love you, man. Like I, Oh, that's really too bad because da, 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 you know, all these reasons they were giving him, he just came home so confused that day we were moving. So there wasn't any, I mean, he, we were, he was going to leave cause we were moving out of state and he was like, well, you know, I'm, I have to go now, but um, it, just the feedback he got, they wanted to throw him a little going away party, all this stuff. He came home and just thought, what, what was I thinking? These people, it was toxic because of the leadership, but the enemy used that to turn me against everyone I worked with every day. Why? There was two main reasons why this happens. One is that he didn't want Javi to share the gospel with any of these people. That's for sure. He does not want him right. in his daily environment being a witness for Jesus Christ. Well, he's definitely not going to do that in an environment where he thinks everyone's against him. Right. And secondly, he wanted to discourage him so that he wouldn't do it anywhere else either. Right. That he, he just would feel like everything sucks. Everything's hard. Everything is, is on a downward turn, you know, all of those things. And it was happening to him and it didn't happen quickly. That's how the fog comes in slowly. Exactly. And what is that? That's deception. It, deception is, is always these lies based off of, half truths. Right. Okay. Because, yes. because we're like, wait a second. Well, that obviously happened. That person obviously said this to me or did this to me. He twists the right? truth. That's where all of his strategies begin. It always begins with deception. But, but then, you know, it just, again, it leads us astray. It, it's that fog that comes in and slowly drifts us off to this wrong path. Look, right. we get this in the workplace, but this happens 
Come on, let's be honest here. This even happens on social media. It happens on the things that we, yeah, we, the things that we say to ourselves, but come on, we, we all get caught up mm -hmm. with all the different platforms, all the different distractions on social media and whether it's political or cultural or whatever, we, we start to the deception there. There's a lot of half truths, if not out, out lies, out lie, I'm trying to say it, <laughs> outright lies, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That are out in social media. Okay? Well, and the thing is, is this, and, and I just want to be clear. We're not saying that social media no. is deception. Social media is what it is. It's no different than any other tool or channel that we use for outreach, actually. It, there's nothing wrong with social media. Social media isn't any different than anything that the human race has ever used. It's just a tool. It's just a vehicle. Right. Okay. Let's not get it twisted. But 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 the, but the enemy's deception here. He uses the power of social media. Okay. Like you said, social media isn't evil. It's just it's a tool. It's just it's a what, thing. It's what. But there's people behind it. People that are that are in the world. People that don't even know God and they become the tools of the enemy. Mm -hmm. And therefore what, what happens is, you know, with the power of video and audio editing, mm -hmm. you're only getting half the story. And so, so that's super easy so, for the enemy to right. use. So yeah. they'll just give one little clip. That one little clip is, is not meant to inform you. It's meant to incite you. It's meant to you up to distract you to confuse you right and the, exactly and the end goal and no i know i'm getting ahead of myself here but it really is to divide right but it is meant to divide but and we we see uh, we have this false perception of reality and and then we we have misplaced anger uh towards our you know even fellow Christians, absolutely, or people this at, happens or whatever in the church. By the way, this happens in real life, not on just online. This happens in the church. Think about the scenario we just talked about with his workplace. This exact thing happens in the church. That take that scenario and apply it exactly the way I said it to the church. This happens all the time, where people get church hurt because the enemy is getting into people's conversations and their lives and deceiving them. So I want to talk a little bit about the different types of deception real quick. So there is worldly deception and then there's personal level deception. So worldly deception is where, you know, there's all the deception going on in the world. So when you're out and about and you are, you know, seeing the economy and seeing politics and, and world's affairs and all of those. And we, as Christians look around and we think, oh man, you know, the world is lost and there's the, the enemy is at work and there's this deception going on everywhere and people just don't see it. And there's, you know, all of this, this large scale deception happening over the world. And we, we look at the book of revelation and we're like, wow, it's happening. You know, that's that kind of that, that overwhelming, intimidating level of deception where, you know, it's kind of, it's a little more obvious, it seems like, because, you know, as a Christian, you kind of have this, these things in scripture that tell you this is going to happen. This is going to happen. But the more, the really the most dangerous level of deception, which is actually kind of how the rest of it happens, starts on a personal level. Personal deception, by, by definition, deception 
is when you don't realize you're being deceived. That's real deception is, is you don't know, you don't realize. Okay. And just that, just saying the word deception can incite some real anxiety in people. You can just be really like, ah, I'm being deceived. I don't know what's happening. And then you start running around afraid. You get the enemy wants you to be afraid of his deception. But at the same time, he's also deceiving you into being afraid of his deception. It's a vicious cycle he has us in running around in circles in the fog, right? But the thing is, is, is about deception is that what's the number one way to come against deception? Is it to run around figuring it out? Absolutely not. Why? Because deception is meant to be us not understanding or realizing it's happening. That's the key to that, okay? For it to actually work for the enemy, we have to not know. So the number one way to come against that is to go where? To who knows, right? We miss this as Christians. We try to figure it out. We try to point out, point our finger at the devil. We try to run around looking at where he must be deceiving us. He's got to be deceiving me over there in that storefront. He's got to be deceiving me somewhere. I must be in my church. He's got to be deceiving me in my family. Somebody's against me. He's got to be deceiving me in the things that I watch on TV. He's got, okay, well, okay, but the devil's in everything. We get it. I mean, he's everywhere. But here's the thing. Instead of that, why don't we first go to God, our personal savior, who we have a covenant with, who we have a direct line of communication with, and we are asking him, hey, where's, where's the enemy deceiving me? Where is the enemy deceiving me? <laughs> like if we would just go directly to the to the to the source, right? To the to the leader, the ruler, the king of kings who sees and knows everything and we have a direct line of communication with that, it is so powerful. Why aren't we first and foremost asking God to tell us and reveal to us the truth and to pull away the deception over our eyes and reveal to us where we either, either we need to change or you know something needs to change or we just need to see the truth? And we need to make that shift or just understand what's really going on around us so that we can we can live the way that we want to live and become come back into alignment with him. That's real deception and how we come against it. Right. No matter what kind of deception we're talking about, by the way, it doesn't matter what it is. Coming together with God and asking him. And the reason I'm so adamant about this piece, this is this is super important. I just I want to make sure I point this out. There are going to be church leaders friends of yours, family members, false prophets, actual pastors, anybody, it, it could be people who are right or wrong. They're going to be telling you what's going on in your life that you're not seeing. All of this is going to start happening. There's going to be, well, you know, it's this, well, you know, it's, it could be that, well, you know, and you're trying to figure it out and you're going and asking for people's support and their in and their insight. But here's the thing. Some things don't apply to everybody at all times, at, at any given moment, okay? They're, just because the devil's in the world doesn't mean that it always applies to everybody, everything. Because otherwise, we would just run down a rabbit trail of checking off the boxes of things we should avoid and we live in the woods alone in a hole with, you know, no no contact with the outside world. I mean, come on. That's the end, that's the end game there if we start running around trying to avoid everything in the whole world without asking God, hey, what do you think I have that's coming against me right now? What do you think personally at this moment or any given moment in my life, God, you think I should avoid, or maybe I'm having an issue with, or maybe something I don't even realize is happening. Is it something in my family, in my past or my present or my house or my job or my walk or my relationship with you? I'm just quiet that moment and just say, God, I just, it's too much for me to figure that out. 
I don't want to be deceived. Looks like we're out of time for today, but before we go, let's close out in prayer. Lord, you know those private wars that we fight day to day. Help us to be strong, not by our own power or our own understanding, but your almighty power and divine wisdom. Help us not to fall for the strategies and lies of the enemy. Be that light onto our feet and guide us through the fog of our life. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please join us next time on Faith Unregulated for part two of the fog of spiritual warfare. Be sure to subscribe to Faith Unregulated wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Thanks for listening and God bless.